Come on, who's prayed that prayer before? Who's, who's said that but not meant it? And just, just you've just out of the depths of your soul, you've cried, Lord, help me. And uh, I know uh, in a couple of months' time, my dear wife will probably be screaming that at the top of her lungs as she's giving birth to our beautiful baby. So uh, yeah, that's just what I assume. I'm so ignorant as a uh, first-time dad. So anyway, it's exciting. And uh, it's so good to have you in church this morning. And uh, we are in uh, for a great morning, I believe. I really believe God's going to speak to us. And uh, He's going to do some things in our lives that only He can do. And that's really what, what it's all about, right? That we want God to do what He can do. And uh, there's things in our lives that, that we can't do. And that uh, sometimes we try and do, sometimes we think we can, sometimes we wish we could, sometimes we like to stay in control and we wish we could work it all out. But there are moments where we need to stop and say, you know what, actually, uh, only God can do this. Only God can fix this situation. And, uh, and that's what it's all about this morning. So uh, let me pray and then, uh, and then we'll get into it. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you, Father, for your word this morning. I thank you for your hand upon us. We thank you that your word is alive and active, and you're speaking to us this morning. We pray for open hearts and an open heaven, Lord, and that you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you give God a hand and also thank the band. You guys can grab a seat. And uh, how good is it to have EJ up singing with us this morning? Give EJ a big hand. She's amazing. And uh, it's great to have Christian and Amanda Jones with us. Give Christian and Amanda a hand, uh, part of our Sydney worship team, and uh, it's awesome. And Amanda saved Christian a seat, but he sat over there. Anyway, it's all good. But hey, if you are uh, visiting with us or if you're fairly new to C3 Roselle, uh, it's amazing to, uh, to have you here. And uh, we are one church across our city with 11 locations. If you didn't know that, uh, C3 Roselle is one of 11 locations that are right now in this very moment meeting across our city. Isn't that awesome? Amazing. All across out at Penrith, we have an amazing couple, Tim and Jody Christina, who run our Penrith location. Uh, you know, we are up at Oxford Falls, all the way up at Avalon. Come on, who's been to Avalon before? Come on, Avalon. They, they all wear pinstripe, well, not pinstripe, they just wear stripes, uh, not pinstripes. And, uh, and, you know, they have fun and Manly, Bankstown, and all these amazing locations that we get to be a part of every single week as a church. And uh, isn't it amazing to think uh, that we're a part of something bigger than just our, our specific area? And uh, it's amazing. God has given us a specific area. God has entrusted us a piece of the vision. Not the whole thing. This isn't the, this isn't the end game. Hello. This is, this is a piece that God has given us, and a God, that God is entrusting us to steward part of, part of the vision that God has for this city. And you've got to understand, God's hand is on our city. Not just even in C3, but all, in so many churches all across. God has a plan and a purpose for the city of Sydney. And you've got to understand, this, this isn't just about us here in this very moment. God wants to do something in us so we can actually do something uh, through us and to our city. And that's God's heart, that there are people yet to be reached. There are people who are yet to know the gospel. There are people who need a miracle that haven't received it yet. And until the time when every single person has received Christ and comes to the knowledge of Him, the church won't stop. And God won't stop until, because He loves every single person. And so our goal is to, to see our city come closer and closer to the image of Christ, and uh, it's amazing. And uh, I, our church's vision uh, is not just a vision for our city. It's not just a, a number vision, like we want to see all these people in church. It's a vision for people. We want people to know Jesus. Like, that is the greatest vision we could ever have for our lives, is that the people would come to know Christ. 
Because we would say that, that in, in that relationship, in Christ Himself, is every answer to every situation we face. It's in Christ. We can find His solution and, and, and heaven on earth in, in people's lives. And so we want to bring people to the knowledge of, of knowing Christ. That it's not just about following a set of rules or ticking the church box or ticking the, the Bible box or even the prayer box, but actually having a personal connection to Christ. And that's our heart. Every single week, then every single service, in every single moment, in all of our connect groups, it would, it would help us grow closer to knowing God more. And even if we've been here for our whole lives, even if we've been here for 20 years, come on, there's still more of Christ for us to know. And so we've never made it. We've never perfected it. We've never got there. Every day, there's more of God that we can, we can know and we can experience. But we don't want just people to know Christ. We want people to find community. And who knows, it's better to do life together, right? And so our heart is that people would know Christ, yes, but also that they would find community. And what an amazing community we have here. The incredible Kevin and Tracy. What an amazing couple. Give Kevin and Tracy a big hand. They're amazing. They're amazing. The incredible Joe and Ruthie Britton. Unbelievable. Come on, Claude and Katarine. What an amazing, amazing couple in our church. Josh and Amanda. There's so many amazing people. Yeah, come on, I could just list everybody. And uh, it's awesome. And, and the heart is that we would find community, that we would find a family, that we would find people to do life with and that we could grow in relationship with, but also that we would discover purpose. My prayer, our prayer, is that you would discover your purpose, that God has things He's called us to do. And there's things to do in the house, but there's things to do outside the house too. And so, yes, be part of the house, be a part of the family, discover your purpose in building the church, but also God has things beyond the walls of the church, in your community, in your workplace, in your family, in your university, whatever it is, God has things He's calling us to do in that place as well. And that's our prayer, that's our vision for people, is to see that happening in one life at a time, one person at a time, until we see our area, our city, grow closer to Christ, amen? Come on, who's on board with that vision? Amazing. Amazing. And so we're going to continue our series, uh, Lord Help Us. And uh, I don't know if we've got a screen up there, but today we're, we're, we're talking, diving into the area of, of, of truth, finding truth. And as amazing uh, scripture in John uh, 14, just to kick us off, it says this as our, our cornerstone scripture uh, for this series. And it says this, I will ask, this is Jesus, uh, is Jesus, Jesus uh, talking. And he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Helper. Everyone say helper. I'll give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Isn't that amazing that Jesus, when he, when he was getting ready to go and he's like, you know what? You're not going to be left alone. You're not going to be left to fend for yourselves, but actually God has designed this to do it with him. And to do it, he's not saying, hey, good luck. Hey, I've been here for 33 years. Power to you. I hope you make it. Well done. He's not saying that. He's saying, hey, you know what? I'm going, but someone is going to, uh, someone who is equal to me, essentially is what is, someone who is like me, someone who is, who is in essence who I am, my same spirit is going to be with you to the very end of the age. And that spirit is the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it does not see him or know him. How's this? But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And so he's talking about the Spirit in Christ, the Holy Spirit who was in Christ, and he was currently with them. And so he's saying, hey, right now, the Holy Spirit already is with you because he's in me. So he was with you, but he's saying, hey, it's going to actually get better. 
It's going to, like, can you imagine Jesus saying, hey, I know I'm the Son of God, I'm the Messiah, I'm the one that's been prophesied about, like, this is pretty good. You're walking with Jesus for three years, these disciples, and they're, they're literally, like, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good deal, walking with Christ, learning from Christ, but he's saying, you know what, actually, even though you, he's been with you soon, he's not just going to be with you, he's going to be within you. He's, he's going to change. The whole, the whole thing's going to change. And Jesus promises to help her, but the progression is someone who abides with us to someone who abides within us. And that's an amazing, it's not just Christ with us, it's Christ in us. That we become the Spirit, we become Christ's representatives, we become the image of God in the earth. In John it says that we, in this world, we are like Him. And so it's actually God in us, the Holy Spirit within us. And this was never something that was meant to be optional. Isn't it amazing? You know, sometimes in, in the Christian world, we can say, oh, yeah, you're the Holy Spirit Christians. Like, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the ones that believe in that's the Spirit stuff, right? But, but if you, I mean, the Scripture's pretty clear. Like, it's, it's not really meant to be optional. In fact, so much so that Jesus was so adamant that it was not meant to be an optional thing that He literally warned the disciples, don't go anywhere. Don't stuff this up. Like, don't move a muscle. Wait. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, because in a moment, the Holy Spirit, the one I'm talking about, the helper that I'm promising you, he's going to come. He's going to be with you. And at that point, go. At that point, go. And he's saying, hey, don't, don't do anything. Don't try to do this by yourself. Don't try to do it in your own. I've got someone who can help you. I've got someone who's not just going to be with you like I am, but someone who can be within you and change the game. That's God's prayer. That, that's what Jesus has promised us. The Holy Spirit seals Christ. Yeah, come on, give God a hand. It wasn't meant to be optional. It wasn't meant to be a, a take it or leave it. This was, this was part of the package, part of the deal. But what I found is, is that two things we often talk about when we talk about the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we hear a lot of messages, especially in, uh, in a church like this. You know, you might hear, hear us talk about the Holy Spirit quite a lot because we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. He spent a whole number of chapters talking about the Holy Spirit. Paul did as well in the New Testament. But often we hear messages around the Holy Spirit, particularly in two areas. We hear about how we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's way to us. We talk about that. We talk about how, how we can receive the Holy Spirit, how people can pray for us and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, we talk, and that's awesome because we need to receive. We need to actually embrace the Holy Spirit. The doorway to the supernatural is through the blood of Christ. And so Christ and the, the relationship to Christ was actually a doorway into our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we talk about this. We talk about how we receive Him, how we actually uh, grow to understand and be filled with the Spirit. We talk about surrender. And we talk about repentance and how that brings the refreshing of God. And these are all important things that we need to talk about, right? The other thing we talk about is uh, the Holy Spirit's witness through us. And so we talk about the Holy Spirit's way to us. But we talk about the Holy Spirit's witness through us. We talk about these two areas, how we receive Him and then how we release Him. And that's amazing that God is uh, wanting us not just to, uh, the, the reason we have the Holy Spirit is that He would actually work through us to reach people. And there are amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit. Things like where we can pray for people and see miracles happen. Isn't that amazing? That we can see people healed. When I was 15 years old, I don't know if I've shared this story in the last month or so, but uh, when I was 15, I was in a service just like this, my, one of my very first services I had ever been in. Didn't grow up in church, didn't know anything about God, had hardly read any scriptures in the Bible ever, knew nothing. 
I was, a, I was in a youth service, this sort of size, and the guy speaking, a guy named Christian McCudden, if anyone knows Christian, he, he's our pastor up in Noosa, at C3 Noosa, and, uh, and he, was, he was speaking in a, in a youth meeting, and he, he just stopped halfway through his message, he just said, there's someone here with shin splints, and I don't know, has anyone had shin splints before? Like, painful. I play a lot of soccer, uh, football, and uh, real football. And, uh, and, I, and because of that, and I've been playing a lot of indoor, which is a hard impact. So I was playing, and I was playing in Dunlop volleys. Don't recommend it. So uh, it, was, it was a bit of a trend in, like, 2005, apparently. But um, and, and so because of all the high impact with not very good shoes, I, I developed all these shin splints really bad through both of my shins. Could hardly walk. Debilitating. Like, had to stop playing soccer, the whole deal. And I was in this youth meeting, and suddenly this guy I'd never met stopped halfway through his message and said, you know what, God's saying, I feel like there's someone here with, with shin splints. And I'm like, sheepishly, like, uh, yep, that's me, 15-year-old boy, like, no idea what's going on. Like, who's this guy? And, and just in a moment, he said, okay, God wants to hear you. And he prayed literally the most simple, like, five-second prayer. God, I thank you, healing right now in Jesus' name. And I just felt the power of God in a moment. Fell over because it was, you know, sometimes that happens when, 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 we, when, when, we, when we, you know, have an interaction with the creator of the universe, there's an effect normally. And, uh, and so and then I got up and I was like, what just happened? And I started hitting my legs. I'm like, Why, where is the pain gone? And I literally, I was like, stand, I'm like, God, like, what the? what is going on? And I was trying to get the pain back because I didn't believe. I'm like, no, that's not, there's pain here. But there wasn't. There wasn't. I didn't pray for, I was 15. It's like my second service I'd ever been in. And God doesn't want to, he doesn't reward us because we've been diligent in our devotionals. Because the Holy Spirit is is, is meant to be a witness to the world to show God's love. And he was showing a 15-year-old boy his love because of a gift of the Holy Spirit of healing. And there's so many, there's not, there's, there's a whole, there's, you know, God can speak to our future. That's a gift. God gives us wisdom, miracles, and amazing things that can take place. God gives us faith in impossible situations. So many gifts that God gives us, and, and He works through us, and He wants to use every single one of us. This isn't reserved for the preacher or the pastor. This is all of us. This is, this is totally non-exclusive. God, this is, this, is, this is not optional. This is, this is, this is Christianity. The, the Holy Spirit would be in us and working through us. These gifts are to help bring heaven to earth. These gifts are an expression of God's love to the world. And they're meant to operate out of love, not out of self-service or self-seeking or promotion or look at me how good I am. This is, this is from a place of service, a place of love. The purpose of the gifts are to edify the body and be a witness to the world. So, so this is what we do, right? We hear messages of, of how we receive the Holy Spirit, His way to us, but also His witness through us and how we release the Holy Spirit. But I actually find often the missing link is there is a, there is a bridge between His way to us and His witness through us that we don't often talk about. His way to us, His witness through us, and the bridge is His work in us. He does a work in us. The Holy Spirit, when we receive Him, He doesn't just want us to receive Him so that we can release Him, and that's awesome, and that's, that's the goal. But in the middle, He does a work in us. And that's what truth is all about. And that's why He says He's a helper. He leads us into truth. And why is that powerful? Because truth is transformative. Truth is transformative. Truth is what restores us. Truth is what brings us to freedom. That's what truth does, His work in us. And really the key to uh, His work in us is recognizing His voice. 
recognizing his leading, recognizing what, where, how he is guiding us into truth. In, uh, in John 14, verse 26, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Isn't that amazing? In John 16, Jesus says, when he, the Holy, when, when he, uh, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit's point and job is to guide us into a place of freedom. You understand? That's God's job. Sometimes we, we, we I know I grew up, uh, you know, when I was in my first couple of years being, uh, learning about God, I was quite fearful of the voice of God. I don't know if, we've, if, you, if some of you have been in that place where we can be fearful of actually hearing God's voice because, because we can somehow connotate His voice to like judgment or punishment or, or like obedient, this, this big ugly word obedience, like He's going to ask me to do something that I don't want to do and, and it's all scary and like, I don't, God, I don't want to hear it because I don't, wanna, I don't want you to ask me to do something that I don't want to do. And we can be like that. But His goal is, isn't, isn't uh, law. His goal isn't religion. His goal is freedom. His goal is restoration. God's purpose is restorative. It's to bring us into wholeness, to bring us into healing. There's a miracle He wants to do in each of our lives. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a new place He wants to take us each into. And it's about leading us into His truth. And that truth isn't, isn't meant to be harsh. That truth is meant to be liberating. And the fruit is that we would grow closer to the image of Christ, that we would become like Him in our own lives. He wants us to lead us into truth, but He wants us to keep us free. He doesn't want us to set us free. He actually wants to keep us free. And so part of His leading is actually leading us down a path that, uh, isn't, that we're not going to keep stumbling. And so it's actually listening, God, in this situation, like, where, where, where are you in this? And as we lead Him, it's like when, where, where He's going to guide us around some traps that maybe we would have fallen in in the past without Him. But because He knows they're there, He's going to lead us in a way where we stay free, not just get set free. The goal isn't just that we'd experience heaven more, but that we would represent heaven more. So he wants us, when, when people see you, that they see heaven, they see the glory of God, they see the image of Christ. That's the goal. And he works with us to lead us out of the old and into the new. Isn't that amazing? Come on. 2 Corinthians 3 uh, verse 17, it says this. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Isn't that amazing? Come on, the Holy Spirit's not something to be scared of, not something to be fearful of. His voice, His leading, His guiding. No, because His goal is freedom. His goal is freedom in our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to lead us into freedom. The Spirit brings freedom because the Spirit leads us into truth, and the truth sets us free. That's why the Spirit brings freedom, because the Spirit leads us into truth, and the truth is what sets us free. And the truth is tr what transforms us. And so the problem is, though, is, some, is, is sometimes, like I said, this, this, this recognition of God's voice, of God's truth. And sometimes I find uh, that can be a bit hazy. Anyone else find that a little bit, a little bit foggy? And, uh, and, and we have this thing in our, in our lives called our conscience. Hello. Come on. Conscience. And this is an interesting area of, of Christianity that we don't talk about quite, uh, quite a lot, I don't think. Because often we can say, oh, yeah, my conscience is telling me not to do this. Or I feel like, oh, I feel, I feel a bit. In our conscience is where we, feel, we can feel guilt. And it's our inner kind of, that inner voice. And the problem is, is sometimes we can often think that the voice of our conscience is the voice of God. And sometimes, sometimes they will line up, absolutely. But sometimes they won't. 
And we're going to be really careful that we don't just treat the voice of our conscience immediately like the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not. Because it'll, it'll, it can get to a place where it's dangerous for us. Our conscience is the part of our soul that acts as like a receiver. It receives. It inter- it's like an interpreter. It interprets sometimes what the Holy Spirit is saying, but it is not the Holy Spirit. Our conscience can be a bad friend, is what I'm saying. Our conscience can, can, can betray us. And the conscience ultimately is a tool that can be used in the hands of God or the enemy. It is. And our conscience is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's a vessel that either God uses or the devil uses. It can easily betray us. It's a tool to the highest bidder. It's a tool to the person who has taken up territory. It's a tool that can be steered for good or bad to convict or to condemn. And some of us, I feel, have been overly bullied by our conscience. Overly condemned by our conscience. And we think it's God. We think it's the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, putting his finger and like judging. But he's not, that's not what the Holy Spirit does. He, might, he will use your conscience, sure. But it's actually to, 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 to raise up, not to keep down. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Martin Luther said this amazing quote. He said, my conscience is captive to the Word of God. And the key to owning our conscience is what we have made it captive to. And if we don't make it captive to the Word of God, it'll often be captive to our own feelings, which the devil can get in on and make us feel shameful and guilty and hopeless and deceived. And it's not the voice of God in our lives. It's not where we will find truth. Truth is in the Word of God. And so as we find our conscience gets captive to the Word of God, it, it cuts through the fog. And it cuts through the confusion and it cuts through the lack of clarity and it brings truth and freedom into our lives. Our, 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 our conscience needs to become captive to the Scriptures. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. That's what the Bible calls it. It's the sword of the Spirit. And so the Word and the Spirit are not separate from each other. In fact, the Word and the Spirit must work together. Sometimes we can, we can say, oh, I'm a Holy Spirit guy. Oh, I'm a Word of God guy, and I'm a, bit, I'm a bit more theological. They are not meant to be separated. The Word is the sword of the Spirit, and the Word is worked best when it's in the hands of the Holy Spirit because it's His sword. It's His sword. It's not, it's not, sometimes we go, oh, I wield my sword. It's actually the Holy Spirit's sword. It's the sword of the Spirit. And so when we, when we read it, we're actually empowering the Holy Spirit to do His work in us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. In our Hebrews 4, it says this, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged, uh, double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul, conscience from spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And so when we're struggling with this, like, God, where are you in this? Where, why the Word of God is going to bring a sense of division. It's going to clarify things. And if we're like, God, I don't know what your, your, your will is for this area of my life. Get the Word of God. Don't just, don't, don't just be like, oh, float with the winds or see what my feelings think. See what, bring the Word of God into it. And you'll find that truth comes because the Holy Spirit, He authored the Scriptures. He breathed life into the Scriptures. It's His sword and He will pierce through and He will cut through some of that fog and allow us to find clarity in some of those situations. We can't separate them. Scripture brings clarity to our conscience and strengthens our faith. In Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, a good work in you. I mean, it's a good work. Because the work God does on us is good. It's not harmful. It's not evil. It's not to hurt us or to betray us. It's a good work. God is doing a good work in us, working towards freedom. And he will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. 
You know what that says to me? It's never going to be completed while we're here. It's, it's not. The journey continues until, until Jesus comes back and wraps the whole thing up. The work is going to continue. You know, the, that, you know what it tells me? The goal is not perfection. Because it can't be perfected until Christ comes back. The goal is not perfection. Some of us are working in our faith, in our Christianity towards perfection. Like if I just white knuckle grip this thing all the way to perfection, somehow I might make it and God will love me. No, no, the goal is not perfection. The goal is progression. God wants to do a work in us day after day, year after year, week after week. God wants to do a work in us. And let's, 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 let's pop the perfection bubble and say, you know, God, I just, want, I just want to grow closer to your truth every day. I want to grow more into you every day. I want, to, I want to find new freedom in my life every day. Maybe there's areas that you found freedom from 20 years ago, and it doesn't mean that you're free for good. There's freedom every day. Freedom grows and expands, and there's new areas that God puts his finger and says, hey, let's get free in that area. Amen. If I can get the, uh, the band back up, that would be awesome. The journey is not about perfection. It's about progression. I want to finish uh, on, on this uh, picture in the Bible. It's found in Ezekiel 47. And uh, it's an amazing, amazing passage of Scripture, if you haven't read it. And it's talking about this beautiful image, this beautiful prophetic image uh, of, of a river that's coming from the temple. And it's amazing in uh, Ezekiel 47, and I'll read it uh, from, from verse 3. It says this, As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. There's this river coming from the temple. It's trickling. Just at, at the door of the temple, it's just trickling, just trickling. It's like a like a little leak in a tide. It's just it's trickling, trickling, and it's and, it, and it's growing, and it's going further and further. And, and they're going down, and they're measuring off distances. And it says uh, we went a thousand cubits, and it was ankle deep. Verse four, he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was waist deep. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. That's a progression. That's the progression in our lives where it starts ankle deep. Come on, if you're ankle deep, don't put the pressure onto yourself straight away to be all the way up the other end. It's a progression. It's a journey. And sometimes we can look at other people's lives, other people's Christianity, other people's journey, and I wish I was down there. You will be. You will be. You're good. God's good. He'll lead you there. If you keep following, He'll lead you there. If you're at ankle deep, it's good. The next step, hey, it might be knee deep. Maybe there's a next step for you to go into knee deep. And that's good if you're knee deep. Don't wish you're at ankle deep or wish you're at waist deep. You're at knee deep. It's good. And then in the right time, God will lead you to waste deep. And you'll find there's a progression. You'll find there's a journey. There's a journey into freedom, into truth, into more of God. And then at waste deep, and then it'll get to a point where we're, we're floating. We're on the currents of the Holy Spirit. I guess my heart really is we would learn to love the journey. We learn to just float with God, allow the Holy Spirit to do His work time and time again in our lives until we find freedom. 
It goes on, this story in verse 8 says, He said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah, which is where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties, this river, when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Can I tell you the goal of the river, the goal of the Holy Spirit is working our lives is not to stay in the temple. It flows out of the temple toward the sea. You know what the sea represents? It represents the world. It represents humanity. It represents the, the, the salty world where, where no fish could live in that Dead Sea. It was, there was death. There was, there, was, there was corruption. There was brokenness. But the river flowed, and the moment the river impacted the sea, the, 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 the fresh water turned the salt water fresh, and it became fresh. And there was, there was, there was this transformation. And God wants the river, as it works in us, to flow through us and to bring life to dead situations. There is areas in our lives, our families maybe, our workplaces where God doesn't want the river to stay at the temple. He wants us to flow into our community. And I really believe this. I believe the tide is rising. I believe the tide is rising. And if you've been an ankle deep, God's wanting to take you deeper. If you've been a knee deep for a while, God's wanting to take you deeper. If you've been at wasted, God's wanting to take you deeper. And the goal is transformation. And the goal is not just transformation for our lives, but transformation for the community. Where the river meets the sea. Where the salty water becomes fresh. And where fresh and where we fish, which is fresh new believers, people in our community, they can come to life, come to hope, come to know God, find community discover their purpose too. That's our heart. That's our prayer. So why don't we stand to our feet this morning and uh, why don't you just close your eyes in this place and uh, just reach out to God for a moment before we go any further. If you're here this morning, you want to reconnect with God, you want to say, God, I need to go deeper. God wants to lead us into truth so that that truth can set us free. He wants to do a great work in our lives, but He can't do that work unless we're first connected with Him, unless we're first received Him. If there's anyone here this morning with every eye closed, every head bowed, just to respect each other's privacy. If you're here this morning, you're saying, Mitch, I, I need to reconnect with God. I need to make that connection again. I want to follow Him. I want to find freedom. I want to find my purpose. But I'm not quite connected to Christ. If that's you here this morning, I want you to lift your hand up. Thank you. I see you here. Anybody else? Just just say, God, thank you. Anybody else? Just say, God, this is me. I want want to reconnect. I want to go deeper. I've been stuck. I've been stagnant. Awesome. Anybody else? Just, Just say, God, that's me. God, that's me. Awesome. Beautiful. God, I want us to sing this song. Let's sing this song together. And let's just make that connection here this morning as we finish. Yeah.